Welcome to the Connect Up Podcast, where we discuss faith, leadership, and culture, and how they intersect in our daily lives. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Connect Up Podcast. My name is Taylor Wahlberg, and I'm sitting across from my father, Barry Wahlberg, and we are just so thankful that you have taken some time out of your day to join our conversation here. Today, we're discussing a topic that is pretty simple, not very complex, but can have dramatic impact in our lives and in our teams and in our workplace overall. So what we're talking through is how your attitude can impact your work and how you do your work and then how you do your work can impact the results. So it goes attitude, how you do your work, and, and that end result. And all of that is a way that we can we can kind of glorify God through through what we do. Yes, and we're also going to be talking about how it doesn't only take a rocket scientist to send a man to the moon. That is quite the quite, quite the teaser. Profound, yes. <laughs> quite you the teaser. You have to listen to hear the rest of that. Quite the teaser. <laughs> All right, so Dad, I know in our little conversation, kind of leading into this one, you were reminded of a parable, kind of on this topic that you didn't actually realize was based on a true story or maybe exactly. a lot of people haven't yeah i used to tell this actually I used to tell it at orientation and it's a story about three bricklayers which many people have heard about the three bricklayers and their attitude that they came to work with but then i actually did a little bit more research and at least if the internet is true it was actually based on a true story and it was after the great fire of 1666 that leveled london the world's most famous architect, Christopher Wren, was commissioned to rebuild St. Paul's Cathedral. So he's walking around the workplace one day. So this was in like 1671. He observed that there was three bricklayers working. And one of them was on a scaffold. One was crouched. One was half standing and one was standing tall. So they were working very hard and fast. So he said to the first bricklayer, he says, so what are you doing? And the bricklayer responded, I'm a bricklayer. I'm working too hard to lay bricks to feed my family. He asked the second bricklayer, what are you doing? He said, I'm a builder. I'm building a wall. But the third bricklayer, who was the most productive and the future leader of the group, when he was asked the question, he said, with a gleam in his eye, I'm a cathedral builder. I'm building a great cathedral to the Almighty which the guys were all doing the same job, but they were doing it with much different attitudes, which is a great lesson when you think about it. Yeah, and I think sometimes we've been coached in society that happiness is our end pursuit, right? Mm -hmm. Versus fulfilling our full potential and, you know, kind of tapping into what what God's given us through there. But um, a quote I found kind of on this same topic as well, tying back to happiness, this is from Sean Anker's book, uh, The Happiness Advantage, uh, he says that we've been taught that if we work hard, we will be successful, and then we will be happy. If we can just find that great work, get a raise, lose those five pounds, happiness will follow. But recent discoveries in the field of positive psychology have shown that this formula is actually backwards. Happiness fuels success, not the other way around. When we are positive, our brains are more engaged, creative, motivated, energetic, resilient, and productive. So he's really outlining that the perspective that we take to our work is what will impact that end result. So I would imagine between the three builders, as you said, the future leader of that group is the one that views his work as part of building a cathedral and really taking in that kind of full scope of the scope of that work. Absolutely. And if you think about it, it goes way back beyond that. So we were th- talking about biblical examples of that. And one of them 
was Nehemiah. And Nehemiah was sent back to rebuild, work on rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. Also Jerusalem a bricklayer. Fell. <laughs> Never thought about, about that. Until, that. I didn't think about that until you were just saying that, yeah. <laughs> so if you are a mason, this will be a treasure for you, a national treasure for you. Get that tie There's in. all layers there. There it is. Oh, <laughs> multi-layer metaphor right here. So Nehemiah was sent back to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. And what I found interesting, I knew the story, and I knew Nehemiah was sent back and that he did the work. But what was really interesting to me when I looked at Nehemiah 3 to kind of refresh myself on this, it talked about that Nehemiah was sent back, and so uh, Eliashib, the high priest, another priest, they started at the sheep gate. And then the fish gate was built by the sons of Hassanah. You can check my spelling on that <laughs> or my pronunciation. And then Merimuth, son of Ariah, and grandson of Hazak repaired the next section of the wall. Beside him were, it goes, that whole chapter goes through and talks about the different gates and talked about exactly who built that. Mm. So if you think about the, like a cornerstone or something, there's an inscription on a cornerstone or sometimes you can buy a brick. I think at the Civic Center, we mm -hmm. bought a brick. So our name is on that. We didn't lay the brick, but our <laughs> name is still on it. But in the Old Testament, when Nehemiah went back to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, their names are all over that. Not literally, but in the Bible, all those names are there. So they really signed their work, what they did. And I think it's cool that, I mean, getting back to what we were just saying, it's like they are seeing themselves as building that entire wall because in the end, all of their names are listed in the recording of who built that wall. So it's not just these people built this little section or this section, which it does walk through, but it's all mm -hmm. kind of wrapping it into that bigger perspective. Bringing things to the New Testament, uh, Jesus talks about how we, uh, is it Jesus or is it Paul? I just all of a sudden <laughs> second guess myself. Parable of the Talents. That's Jesus. Yes, yeah. parables. I'm, I'm getting there. I read my Bible, I promise. Um, Parable of the Talents um, talks through how we best utilize our gifts. And I know we've talked about this on this podcast before, but talks through the one that's given 100, given 10, and given 1. You know, what do, how do we best utilize the talents that we are, are given? And um, God's expectation for us is that we are helping to fuel those for future growth and impact and kind of more actions that we can take in that way uh, versus just bury it in the ground like in the parable. However, a lot of our perspective of that can be, is it just for us to fuel our own growth and pursuit of happiness? Or in actuality, it's more for us to view our work as part of our gift back to God and kind of our thanks to him of what, what he's done for us. And that was kind of a roundabout way for me to get there, but um, yeah, it's kind of our response to, to him. And it's also, there's a lot of layers to that parallel, but one of them is it doesn't necessarily matter how much you've been given because mm -hmm. we've all been given diff different talents and things. And in, in one of the levels, it's not even about the talents, but it's about the attitude that you go into it with. So if your attitude is that you've been given a little bit, you don't want to lose it, so you're not going to share it, you're not going to, to spend it on anybody else, then that's about your attitude about that. So it's not necessarily about the amount or what you've been given, but it's more about what you're going to do with that. Yeah, versus burying it in the ground. And I know we've we've talked about the Hebrew word of avodah on here before as well, but 
I just am always blown away that the same Hebrew word is used for work as it is worship. And I believe even serve. There's a couple times Mm -hmm. in Hebrew that's used as serve. But overall, the idea is that our work day in and day out is meant to be our worship back to God. And so he has given the talents to us to utilize the best that we can. And it's our goal to turn around and glorify him through our actions in that. Mm-hmm. So we talk about how do we shift our attitude? You're probably asking that to yourself right now. <laughs> how do I shift my attitude? Maybe you have a great attitude already, which is excellent. And you could, I said it in the last episode, you could probably just stop listening. And I think three people emailed and said they stopped listening. No, I don't <laughs> think that's the case. But how do you do that? So we have five ways and there's a hundred more, but we're going to just highlight five different ways that you can shift your attitude. And we've gotten, we've talked before that none of this is rocket science or something. Ooh, there's a rocket science. There times. you go. Yes. <laughs> Nothing, something that's completely, you know, mind blowing in that, but it's these frequent reminders of something that hopefully you can implement in the next week and, and watch the change unfold following that. Exactly. So one of them is the first one, remember who you work for. Bottom line, that's probably the most important thing, is that if we remember who we're actually working for, whether we have a great boss or not a great boss. And or your own boss. Or your own boss. And sometimes if you are your own boss, you have the worst boss. <laughs> that can work out that way. One of my favorite lines, though, is my boss is a Jewish carpenter. So I've even told my boss this, that at an annual review, we're sitting down and talking about what things went well, what things we could work on. And I remember last year we even talked about it. And actually, 32 years today. So last year we talked about it, that my boss was actually a Jewish carpenter. So that's really who Mm. I work for. And my boss is a believer, so that makes it a lot easier as well. (laughs) Otherwise, he'd be thinking, so what's the tie to Israel? We have this. This is a side hustle overseas. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So really talking about it, though, that my boss is a Jewish carpenter. So if I think about it that way, that means I'm probably going to conduct myself a little bit differently sometimes, and, and my attitudes might be a little bit different than it would be otherwise. Second thing we thought of was um, the discipline that you bring to your work. So we were thinking through an example of this being Jerry Seinfeld. I watched an interview with him where he shared, you know, people think of him as a comedian. His job is to get up on stage and, and make people laugh, but he really defines his role as writing jokes every day. And so when he looks at the work that he's doing, he pours a lot into writing jokes every day. And then he said his focus is to not break that chain. So once he gets a series of days in a row that he's been writing jokes every day, it's to continue that that moving forward. And so the attitude of I'm not my job isn't to get up on stage and kind of this flashy performance, but it's the discipline day in and day out. So thinking through in changing or shifting your attitude, how can you grow your discipline in kind of the small ways every day of what you're doing. That might not be the flashy, glamorous part of your role, but really has a significant impact on to where where things end up. And that's how you come up with things like Newman. (laughs) By doing that every day. By doing it every day, yep. So number one was remember who you work for. Number two, the discipline aspect. Number three is in your workmanship. So the actual work that you do, whatever that might be, whether it's on a computer or dealing with people or running a machine or who knows what, but your actual workmanship, how much care do you actually bring to your craft every day? I was at 
a Walmart a while ago. Don't often go there, but it was two in the morning and I needed something, so I went into Walmart and actually, I think I actually had to go in there just to use the bathroom. So <laughs> I went into the Walmart and it was actually just a redone Walmart and the bathroom was very nice, but I looked at the tile work that was there and it was very nice tile. I mean, a nice gray wood grain type tile and I looked at it though and how the grouting was and I've done a little bit of tile work, so I know it's not necessarily easy, but the edges were all jagged and they were at different levels and it was great tile and I thought, man, they got this great tile, but it just looks really bad the way that they did it. And then about a week later, I was in an event at the JW Marriott and walked into the bathroom there and wouldn't you know, it was almost the exact same tile that I saw hmm. at Walmart, but it was a completely different look because there, hmm. and no, I'm not trying to stereotype or judge, but this is what I experienced, that the workmanship there was incredibly different than what I saw in the Walmart. It was all nice and even and nice and square, and you could tell that somebody took their time doing it. So almost the exact same tile gave a much different effect because whoever did that tile work really cared about the work that they were doing. So the actual work that you do can have a big impact on that. Mm-hmm. And that ties into the rocket scientist quote. Ah, you'll close that loop for us now. Yes. Dying to know. <laughs> I'm sure you are. So, you, I think you know already, but because I've used it before. But mm -hmm. the story goes that JFK was visiting NASA and saw a janitor that was mopping up the floor. So as he's walking through, and you can imagine this is the president of the United States that had made the dictum that we're going to send a man to the moon before the end of the decade, so JFK was walking around and asked this janitor then what his job was. And the gentleman said, according to the story, he said, I'm helping to send a man to the moon. Mm. I just thought that was very cool because we think about sending to the moon and the rocket scientists and all the things that are involved in that, that this guy, his attitude was that he was doing the same thing, helping to send that man to the moon. Very cool. Number four for how to shift your attitude be willing to help others. So I know we've talked about the book Give and Take by Adam Grant before, but one strong point that he makes in that book is to always be willing to do something for others. If it takes you five minutes or less, no matter who it is or what it is, as long as it's legal and helpful and all that, just aside, <laughs> always Good be caveat. yeah, always be willing to do a five minute favor for anybody. And um, as soon as we started talking through this idea, I, I thought of the story of. Um, several years ago, I was new in, new in a role and my boss sat down with me and said, Hey, you look like someone, this is a direct quote. You look like someone who'd be really good at Excel. Would you mind helping us with something that we're, we're working through on this? And especially because I was new in the role, but also wanting to help and do what I could or whatever. I, I definitely said yes. And then ran back to my computer, scrambled through Google and YouTube and <laughs> Learn about Excel. Learn about, learn about Excel because my knowledge before that was severely limited. So I quickly learned what I needed to to hopefully be able to contribute, and it went, it went well. Um, another time as well, um, all of our IT is located at our headquarters, and they'll certainly come out and help whenever we have issues. But what I've learned is a lot of our managers just want something resolved immediately, and so they know that I'm – fairly technology, you know, 
focused or it's because you're understanding than under 30 that's probably the judgment they're making mm-hmm. <laughs> but um they they uh will often call me uh, several times a week for a simple issue that they're working through that's holding them up on something i'm more than happy to help because it's usually pretty straightforward uh until they started calling me google boy then then i told them if that continues <laughs> then I'm done. I'm done helping. But any way that you can help help others within, you know, a five minute simple favor and kind of use that as a rule for yourself is definitely a, a way to shift your attitude. Sometimes we have to shift our actions first and then our, our attitude will follow and being willing to do a five minute favor for somebody is a is a great way to do that. Absolutely. So you were called Google boy? Uh, once or twice. It must be I hereditary. Squashed. Yeah. Because I was called goggle eyes or goggle boy in like seventh grade because i had big glasses ah look at that the name is passed on it was the 80s (laughs) burn those old pictures Uh. (laughs) so the first four that we've talked about maybe a little bit more uh direct so remember who you work for number one number two have that discipline number three just in your actual workmanship and then number four being willing to help others the last one is critically important as far as having both that happiness and then that success and uh, that attitude at work. And that is having excellence in building your relationships. So relationships are, or they should be, a big part of work. That doesn't matter if you work in the IT area and you're a programmer or something like that, there's still relationships. And that typically makes a big difference as far as if you enjoy your work, if you excel at your work, how those relationships go. So in order to do that, one of the ways is to really look for connections with people beyond just the weather, for example. So we talked about in the last episode uh, to learn people's names and to learn their anniversaries and their birthdays and things like that. And that has been, to me personally, that's been proven just to be really, really effective as far as building relationships, but also is to... Uh, look for deeper connections. So our CEO, he doesn't, when he, when he says hi to you, he doesn't necessarily say, how you doing? Now, most people, when I see him, when I walk around, I say, how are you doing? And I genuinely, it's got to be genuine. Mm-hmm. I genuinely want to know. Now, sometimes that gets to be into a longer conversation <laughs> than I might want. But sometimes you really find out things that really impact the way somebody's doing their work or you understand a lot more about them and i always tell people that we are just work is just what we do it's not who we are Mm -hmm. so if you can find a deeper connection with somebody you will be amazed as far as what happens with that it might be as simple as connecting two people together so you find one of the examples i use is that uh, a new guy that started with us really liked dirt bike riding so he was an older guy and his daughter dirt bike raced so he supported her and did all of that. Well, I happen to know there was two other people at our company that were either currently or used to be into dirt racing. And so I just kind of connected the two of them. And all of a sudden, you've got these three guys that sit around and talk about riding dirt bikes, which is a really hmm. cool thing. Yeah. And to build that relationship, you know, and to let them build the relationship that, bottom line, we are just, we're more than our work. There's a lot more to it that everybody comes to work with. So if your attitude is how I'm going to build that relationship, it makes everything much more worthwhile. And a lot of times I feel like when people come into work with a bad attitude, it's often reflective of 
something going wrong at home or in their personal lives. And a lot of times people just want somebody to listen. So you don't have to have the right answer or the best way of doing things, but they just want somebody to sit and listen to them. And so by having that conversation of how are you doing and establishing that relationship so that they know it's genuine when you come to them, it allows you to be that listening ear to them that can Mm -hmm. hopefully offer encouragement to whatever whatever they might be might be facing because it's more than just more than just work yep it's just what we do yep all right so those are our five five key applications of ways to shift your attitude remember who you work for bring it through discipline in your workmanship how much care do you bring to your work every day remember the the bathroom tile number four is willingness to help others and number five is excellence in building relationships and a quote we just found to close close us out a little bit. If uh, this is by Martin Luther King Jr. It says if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted, or Beethoven composed music, or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause and say, "Here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well." So that, I love that quote. So good, so good that no matter what we what we're doing, you know, from the outside world's perspective of how that could be evaluated, remembering who we work for and and applying that uh, just changes changes everything. One of the other quotes that I really like regarding this, and I use this with orientation and everything as well. Every job is a self portrait of the person who did it. Autograph your work with excellence. Mm. And that gets back to, if you even reference back to the bricklayer story or to the Nehemiah story, that if you look at it that your name is on it, that might make a big difference as far as your attitude toward how you're going to do that work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's it for our conversation today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We encourage you to hop over on our website, connectupnow.com. And under the episode show notes on this one, drop a comment uh, in on how you plan to apply this application in the next week. Maybe there's one of these things or two of these things or all five that really connected with you that you hope to apply in the week ahead. And we'd love to encourage you along in that or continue the conversation further if there's more uh, help that we can offer in that. So definitely reach out to us, connectupnow.com. We'd love to connect with you. Nice. Look at that. that. Look at that tie. (laughs) So with that, my name is Taylor Wahlberg. And I'm Barry Wahlberg. And this is the Connect Up Podcast. Thanks, everybody.